Once you understand something, you feel so much more empowered to like go forward. We all know that, you know, if you're confident and empowered, you are going to likely have a better chance of succeeding. And that's what we want for our students. Because the bottom line is, if you are going to borrow student loans to go to college, you need to be successful and graduate. Like, If you don't graduate, you still have to pay back those loans. Your parents still have to pay back the loans they borrowed. We want our young people or anyone who's going to college to feel empowered in their decision. And you just can't get to that point if you do not understand how you're paying for it or how was this package presented to you. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Hey, welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliffe's friend and and partner of Community America Credit Union. And I'm joined, we have a uh, familiar voice on the podcast. Most of you will remember our talks about college planning, but we've got Carly Scholl back today. Carly is the college planner here at Community America Credit Union. So Carly, welcome back. Thank you, Justin. It's good to be back talking about my favorite topic of student loans, uh, favorite because it's something that is really important that families understand. And I spend a lot of time talking with our members about it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, for joining and sharing your wisdom again. So yeah, the, you set it up great. So today's conversation, we're going to center around funding college, um, certainly what loan programs exist and maybe demystifying some of the at times confusing or um, potentially complicated or what may per- be perceived as a complicated process. So we're going we're gonna to walk through that. And it's a timely topic, certainly, given the, the time of year. And I think maybe spring is here to stay, hopefully. I hope so. May 1st, historically and traditionally known as Decision Day, the pandemic did change things in that schools were allowing students to push their decision later, which has been interesting in the world of admissions because students then can be recruited later into the summer where in the past a family would know by May 1st where their child was attending. And so that has changed slightly for some students, but I would say for the majority of students, it's still a goal to have that decision by May 1st. And so by this time, families have also received their financial aid packages and they understand better what it's going to cost them for this next year. And no surprise to anyone, costs are not going down, <laughs> it turns no. out, uh, across the board. <laughs> no. And so so the the stress, the pressure, and, and, and of course the excitement and the, the looking forward to, all of, all of those things are, are, are being felt by uh, our members and families kind of throughout the, the city as we, um, as we walk through this conversation. So we're going to break down different types of loans that are available, some ways known or unknown to reduce costs, and then some practical, really specific ways to, to receive financial assistance. Um, and then more than anything, and, and Carly, you, you spoke at length about this last time, but 
to help families know they are not alone in this journey. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe say more about that. Sure. So my role at the credit union is just to help our members plan for life after high school around education, formal education. So whether that's the four-year school or a community college or a trade school, if you are pursuing some type of certification or um, formal training program that's going to cost you money, I can help you with that. And then my goal is to help you achieve your education goals with the least amount of debt as possible. So I um, I do work with all of our members. Um, it's a free service. And I just want people to understand. I believe that education is for everyone. I don't necessarily believe that college, that traditional college on the hill with the pillars, you know, I don't think college is for everyone, but I do think education is. Mm. And with the rise of costs, I want to make sure they understand their options before they get in too deep. And then those can be some heartbreaking conversations Mm. when Mm. they get to the financial piece of it. Yeah, that's right. That's well said. So we're, we're sitting here in May. There's some excitement around high school graduation and there's like all this amazing, um, these amazing seasons of life that are, you know, chapters that are, that are turning that, as, as the financial reality begins to sink in, how, how are you walking families through that conversation? What, what, what are the entry points? What are the complexities? What are the hardships that, that mm-hmm. they're facing? What, what are you starting to see in those conversations? Well, a lot of families come to me and don't understand necessarily how they got to this point with this financial aid offer. They, they know they filed the FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid, they know their child submitted an application and was accepted, and then they know that they got this letter, but they don't really know what the school did to prepare this financial aid award. And when I say financial aid, it's any type of assistance to aid in that student getting to college. Um, So it could be scholarships or grants, neither of which require repayment, but it could also be student loans and the bulk of students' costs are often covered with loans. It, it depends on the type of institution. So I start with an explanation of how did we get to this point. So you have your financial aid letter, and the school has looked at your family's EFC, which is your expected family contribution. It's the figure that is received by filing the FAFSA. The school compares your EFC to their cost of attendance and any awards that you're receiving like automatically based on maybe admissions or um, demographic. And then they look at your overall financial need. And the financial neediness of a student varies depending on the cost of the college. And so your EFC may be higher at one school, or excuse me, maybe above the school's cost of attendance at one school, and you don't demonstrate need. But then at another school you've applied to, it's lower than their cost of attendance, and so you demonstrate need there. And it is up to the school to determine how they want to fill that need. A lot of schools just fill it with loans. There are some schools, you know, your more elite schools, um, those can fill it in with grants or institutional funds that don't require repayment. Some schools do have a no loan policy, which is amazing, but those schools also have a really low acceptance rate. They're very difficult to get into. Um, And if you don't demonstrate financial need, then you don't necessarily get money at that school uh, because it's all need-based. So I help a family understand how did we even get to this point that you have this financial aid offer. And then 
walking through the offer. Some families have multiple offers. You know, they're lining up three, four, five, six, seven offers, and we're looking at each of them line by line so they understand what is free money, what's a um, scholarship that has requirements. You know, you have to have a GPA to maintain this scholarship. What is your student's loan responsibility? And then if you have a gap, what are your ways to cover the gap? Because unfortunately, if a school offers a loan to cover that gap, it will most likely just be the Federal Parent PLUS loan, which has a relatively high interest rate compared to other um, education loans. But a family may not know they have options beside the federal one. And so it's, I mean, my goal is just for them to understand how they got to this point and then now what are their options moving forward. Love that. You you mentioned not knowing, and and I think to to be quite personal here, I I think even parents as they go through the the firstborn, right, as they near those, and we have a senior ourselves, you kind of just assume it's either scholarship or federal aid. I think that's kind of the broad narrative that is told or understood. So what are some of those other products or loan Mm -hmm. types that are available? I think you are exactly right, Justin, that it is a narrative that we accept and hasn't really been, and like the narrative is that college is expensive and there are student loans out there. And so- One thing that is really important for families to understand is a a traditional aid student, so someone under the age of 24, in most instances, is going to require a parent to go along in the financial process with them. A parent has to file the FAFSA, and then it is usually the parent who is on the hook for the bulk of the borrowing as either a main borrower in a parent loan or as a co-signer. I think that's really, really important for the family to understand going into the process, especially if this is, like you said, your first child. What happens if you that child has three younger siblings and you are borrowing a loan for their freshman year and then, you know, you really need to plan on having to borrow that loan sophomore, junior, senior year. That's if they graduate in four years. And so can you afford to borrow for your subsequent children as well? You know, you, you, that's right. you need to... You need to think about that if, you're, if your plan is all of your kids are supposed to go to college in, in your family's plan. So I think that's important that you realize the parent is really the main borrower in this because the student can only, I mean, to give you an idea, um, you know, a, an average in-state public school is around $24,000, $25,000 a year. And depending on scholarships, you know, you're still looking at usually around twenty to $22,000 a year. A freshman can only borrow 5500 So then, mm. you know, the parent, if they don't have that other $17,000, $16,000 saved, the parent is borrowing that. So 16000 for four years, what's that, you know, quick math. And then, yeah, 80-ish. <laughs> and then, and then um, that's just your first child, in, that's right. you know, so... Um, but then, you know, there are options. Uh, we, you mentioned the Federal Parent PLUS loan at the beginning, and that is the one that if it's going to be presented, it will be the Federal Parent PLUS loan. But it has a um, an origination fee, a fairly high origination fee, and then a higher interest rate because of that origination fee. So if a family knows about a private lender, like a, a bank or a credit union that has education loans, those private loans are going to be based on a parent's 
credit history. And so if you have good credit history, you can almost always find a better interest rate than the parent plus loan. If you can't, like I tell my families, if you can't find something better than the parent plus loan, then just go with the parent plus loan. Like that's your backup. If, if you are set on having to borrow this, um, another option is choosing a less expensive school, Mm. but that can, like, that can be where you get to those really sad conversations sometimes because students have had their heart set on a particular school, a particular experience. And then they've, you know, gone through their senior year expecting what their freshman year will look like. And then suddenly it's gone because the parent isn't approved for a loan or the parent isn't willing to take out or can't take mm-hmm. it out. Um, those are really hard conversations. And, and um, one of the reasons why I think it's so important that we talk about the costs up front mm. so that you can avoid that conversation at the end of, at the end of the experience. Um, you could choose a less expensive school. You could start at a community college and transfer to that dream school in the future you could take a year off, you know, you could defer your admissions and talk to the, your future school and ask if they would hold your spot for a year. So there are options and that would, that's really important that a family know that like there are options. You don't have to proceed with this debt just because like you've gotten to this point and you're like, Oh, I guess I have to take this loan because there's no other, option, there's no right? other option. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. And so helpful. Are there, misconceptions I, I know you know we walked through maybe a big one of this being the only option is either well pay in cash scholarship or federal loan are there other misconceptions or, or consistent spots where parents and and the incoming freshmen in college get either stuck or they don't know or there's ways that uh, this conversation could help alleviate some of those sticky points for folks? Well, I think the biggest misconception is that the parent plus loan is the only option. Mm. So definitely knowing that you have other options, they may or may not end up being better, you know, based on your credit history. Carly, you mentioned earlier that, that the private market is also another source um, for families to explore. And we've got new, I mean, we have our own product here now. Can can you tell us more about about that? Yes. And it's, uh, I feel like I've come a long way in, I've like come full circle in this student loan product. And so Community America does have a a private education loan now. When I started here, you know, more than five years ago, I was adamant about like student loans because I was coming from the perspective that student loans are bad and we need to avoid them. And then after spending, you know, thousands of hours talking with families and seeing that all families, I mean, not 100%, but it feels like all families are are borrowing to pay for college. Um, I, I changed my tune because all my families are members and they all needed help. And I know how we treat our members here at the credit union, but I don't necessarily know how members or clients or, you know, families are going to be treated at other financial institutions. And I was having to send all my families to another financial institution to get that secondary loan. 
um, or they'd have to take the parent plus loan through the federal government, which can have a significantly higher interest rate. So, you know, fast forward and I started talking to my supervisors over the years and I was like, I, I really think we need a product to support our families because student loans are not going away. And even though I'm starting to talk with families as freshman year, like college is just so expensive, it's getting more and more expensive and we need something to support our families. And so we do have a private loan now and it would be what I call a secondary education loan, meaning you still need to take your student's education loan from the federal government first, that $5,500 that I mentioned, because it's going to be the best interest rate. It allows the student to borrow it in their own name. It can be deferred while they're in college. Um, and then if you still need money after that, then you can look at other private private banks and credit unions. And yes, now we have a product that we can share with our members. I would still advocate our members to do their research and pick the one that's best for them based off what is most important to them, if it's interest rate or, you know, cosigner release, whatever it is. But um, we now have a product that they can compare as well. Um, other you know, schools have um, payment plans. And so maybe you are in a position where you have a less expensive school or you have enough savings to be able to pay and you're using earned income along the way, but maybe you can't pay it outright. Well, they have payment plans. And so you can talk to them about a payment plan. Um, I, I remind all my students that our goal is your freshman year is the most expensive year because you can apply for continuing or current student scholarships starting your freshman year at some schools. Some schools reserve them for their upperclassmen, so juniors and seniors only, but you can start looking into those. And these are scholarships that are not open to incoming freshmen. Mm. That's helpful. Yeah, I didn't even, I, mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of that. And that's <laughs> so. at all schools. I mean, that's your four years, your two years, your public, your private. You know, you just go into your financial aid office and say, are there scholarships for current students? I'm going to be a sophomore next year. I'm going to be a junior next year. And mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think I have understood pretty clearly the, the, the tough reality at times when you, you, you mentioned those heartbreaking conversations, right? Those aren't pleasant or fun. Are, are, there, are there other stories or examples that come to mind of maybe the other end of that spectrum where maybe families have been pretty consistently in conversations with you or your team or had a pretty clear plan. And even if they didn't have the money or borrow the money, they, they, they made a um, sacrifice to help. I, I, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I, I just, I'm curious if there's some other stories that come to mind on the other end of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important for the family to, as you said, you know, have, be realistic from the very beginning and have this conversation because really it doesn't matter where you are starting from. College is so expensive. And so even if you're a high earning family, you know, in my experience, those students also tend to spend or <laughs> choose more expensive schools and it's still expensive regardless, you know. So um, one of the nice things, and so we have the super cool tool to call our cost called our cost and compare calculator and it's something that I want families to use up front because it gets you like a realistic picture of what your schools are going to cost and so it's super easy it just asks three questions and you can get a real picture of what are your schools going to cost and you know if it's going to cost more than $5,500, then the parent needs to know I either need to have this saved or be able to pay for it as I go or borrow this. And you 
can start at the very beginning. And then we can talk about other options because I think the heartbreaking stories happen because the other options haven't been considered. And so they're like, they're, you know, it's almost fear. It's like, mm. I've never thought about going to another school. Mm. And so the reaction is fear and sadness of, and disappointment, of course. But if you are talking about other options all along, and so you're talking about more than just maybe the quote unquote dream school all along, it's not as fearful and it's easier to pivot if you have to. Plus, I think the most important piece is that the student has been involved in those family conversations and then the student can own that decision. They can say, oh, mom and dad, you know, you told me that you didn't want to borrow more than $15,000 and this school was, is going to cost you 30000 to borrow. And that this is like realistic, you know, families are borrowing sure. that much in their extra in their secondary loans. And so if the student knows that the parent has already said this is this is our line in the sand for these reasons then the student i mean this is a young adult this is a person who come august we're going to like send on their way into the world you know and they need to be able to understand why they're making this decision um they see that they're part of you know the family unit and maybe they have brothers and sisters whatever but they can own the decision if they've if they've been a part of the conversation from the beginning if the parent is not having this conversation with the student and then suddenly out of the blue their may of their senior year is like i can't you borrow can't that there. money yeah, right then you know that's where mm. the rug is pulled out from underneath mm. of you and so I, I and there are ways to make it work they tend to be you know require work so yes you can apply for more scholarships there are positions on campus for older students like residence assistants um, that can help you get some costs off. Um, and then there, like I said, there are just less expensive schools. There are fabulous schools at all price points. In my opinion, I spent half my career before I came to the credit union on community college campuses mm -hmm. and they exist for a reason to serve a purpose. Um, and they're great places to start your college career or for a student who doesn't need a four-year degree. They're a great way to get your degree and get on with your job. Like college isn't meant, you're not meant to spend your life there. It's just the starting point, you know, and you're meant to get through it and go on and do what you're supposed to do. That's right. That's so well said. And, and I do think it's worth highlighting that your, your distinction between education is for everyone. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean college is for everyone yeah. and, and to maybe even demystify or destigmatize some of the expectations or the pressures or the um, the, the, the quote unquote norms and, and help, help people walk through that in, mm -hmm. in, in ways that, um, don't pull the rug out and don't mm -hmm. lead to that kind of abrupt ending and that terrifying reality. It's like, no, we can walk, we can walk slowly through this process and help people, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Um, let's, let's kind of jump into August <laughs> into the <laughs> freshman year. So maybe the, at least year one, we understand what we have 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 or hadn't had to borrow or or fund um, or have scholarships for, and so student is at their freshman year. Um, how I'm trying to highlight the point you made earlier. Why is freshman year the most expensive? Mm -hmm. So one of the things is the student themselves can borrow more as as they progress towards their graduation. So the parent then ideally will be borrowing less. Mm. And 
Unfortunately, though, the limits haven't really changed, even though tuition changes every year. And so it was 5,500, you know, 10 years ago and probably be 5,500 for a few more years. Um, but tuition is way more expensive. Yeah. And so, so there is that piece, but um, like I said earlier, you can apply for scholarships that are now open to current or continuing students. You will have also hopefully gotten involved in activities, and a lot of times those activities are tied to scholarships. It may, it may only be a $250 scholarship, but that can buy some books, you For know, sure. and it's just less money you have to spend on a loan. Um, you get to know your faculty, and the faculty they translate to scholarships, but they also will translate to internships and jobs and research positions and graduate school. And so getting involved and making those connections through networking on the college campus, it can not only lead to scholarships, but it will lead to future opportunities that can translate into job and career and, and essentially money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a, it's Get a, a job. It's amazing how deep the, and, and yes, we're having a funding your college conversation, but also how deeply intertwined in good ways the the skill and the, the necessity to build relationships with. Um, and, and I even think of of you for for our members to 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 utilize resources, to build relationships, to ask mm-hmm. questions, to not think about this and as this is you're on an island and you have to navigate this and no one else has ever gone yeah. down these roads yeah. and kind of back to our intro, in, entry points of um, members aren't alone in this. They may mm-hmm. feel alone. They mm-hmm. may have kind of chosen um, to, to be isolated in the, in the context, but to know that they have help and, and certainly on campus to have, to, uh, that's what faculty and professors, they love that. They want Oh yeah, they do. They do. They love that. And the people who work in the department, the academic departments, you know, mm. I, I spent a lot of years on college campuses and we are there, most of us, because we love the feeling of, you know, possibility that comes with being around college students and students who are changing, either coming back to school or, you know, changing their careers, but the exploration piece, like we're there for the students. Mm. It is different though, because I tell my high school students this all the time, like you have to advocate for yourself. And so, yes, you have to ask questions. If you don't understand something, you have to go into your financial aid office and ask them to explain it. And you, you really, it's, it's hard for a young person, but you can't give up until you really understand it. And the nice thing about our service is it doesn't cost you any, in, any money. And I, I spent a lo- many years in the college admissions piece before I came to the credit union and, um, I've learned a lot in the five plus years that I've been here too, because now I work on the other side of the table with families and, you know, looking at every school's financial aid letter instead of just the one I was working at. But yes, you have to ask questions. You have to advocate for yourself, but know that there are people out there who want to help. What is the emotional state or the the reality? I know everybody's context is totally different, but the families and the students who have walked this road with you, have been honest about it, have have um, had a plan, have executed a plan, have have used you for uh, advice on the financial aid letter, and, and, and now look at this next chapter of, of their student's story, or their story in particular. Um, what is their emotional state like when they have kind of walked the road with, with yeah. openness? I feel like the 
the strongest feeling I sense when people leave me after a meeting is just relief. Like they, they understand now. And I love my colleagues on the college campuses, but I have a lot, a lot more time to spend with a family and walk through that financial aid letter. I, I can take as much time as, as they need. Like that's what community America pays me to do is just help our members under, understand. Whereas on, on the campuses, um, you know, they've got thousands of students calling them and parents and they're trying they're they are trying their best because like me, they were there to help the students and, and they, they love the idea of higher education. They just don't have the time. Um, in a lot of instances. And so I sit down with a family and we just talk through it and I can answer, you know, a lot of the questions are very simple, but they just don't know whom to ask. Um, they can't get connected to the right person. And that's really what I'm here for is just to answer questions. And so I think relief is like one of the biggest things. And then once you I mean, think about it. Once you understand something, you feel so much more empowered to like go forward and confident in making your your choice. And we all know that, you know, if you're confident and empowered, you are going to likely have a better chance of succeeding. And that's what we want for our students. Because the bottom line is, if you are going to borrow student loans to go to college, you need to be successful and graduate. Like if you don't graduate, you still have to pay back those loans. Your parents still have to pay back the loans they borrowed. And so um, we want our young people or anyone who's going to college to feel empowered in their decision. And you just can't get to that point if you do not understand like how you're paying for it or how was this package presented to you. Well said. That is a perfect way to end and, and to kind of put, put some bows on the conversation. Um, if, if members, as they've listened to this, what are some really practical or key takeaways that we could kind of send them into, uh, this, this graduation season and Mm -hmm. and the first, Mm -hmm. the first parts of their college journey? What are, what are a couple, three takeaways maybe that, that, uh, as folks are thinking about the funding, your college journey, um, what, how would you advise them? I think the number one thing families need to understand is they have options, even at this point in the game. Even if you think we only applied to one school and now it's too expensive, we don't have any other options, you do. Um, I'm happy to walk through that conversation with you. Um, I would also say that parents need to understand, maybe they're not borrowing this year, but it's potential in the future. Like They need to know that in most cases, they will borrow more as the main borrower, as the co-signer, for the, than the, what their student will. And um, that is something they need to think about in the in terms of, like, uh, how does that affect their, their long-term, own financial yeah, their life. future. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, number three is they just need to have honest conversations. If they are helping to pay for college, they need to have honest conversations about expectations and limitations with their student. They need to lay it out there and, you know, if, if they expect their child to go to school because they're paying um, or if they expect them to go to class every day because <laughs> they're paying, um, you know, do what are those expectations? What are the limitations? Maybe their child is going further away from home and they can make the tuition payments, but they can't pay for gas. And so the student needs to work all summer to, you know, earn whatever. Honesty, if you can just have that conversation from – from the beginning and not be ashamed or, 
you know, disappointed that you weren't able to save more or something like just be honest about where you are. And, um, and then lastly, just know that this is a resource. I love my job. Mm. I love talking to members. Um, community America is a great place to work. I'm happy that I get to do this work for them. And so, um, reach out if you have questions, reach out at any point. It's not too late to ever like talk about how would they reach out? What's yes. that? What's that so practically look like? They can contact me directly at my email or phone. It's K Scholl, K for Carly, S C H O L L at C A C U dot com. Or you can call me at 913 905 8185. Please leave a message because I'm <laughs> usually not at my desk. Um, but you can also call our contact center or go into any branch and ask for the college planner. I likely am not at the branch when you ask, but um, they will know how to get a hold of me. I'm the only one, so they'll know they'll know whom you're talking about, and um, I'll reach out to you, and we can schedule something. That's perfect. I love that. Um, and then you mentioned a calculator on the website. Mm-hmm. What are there other resources online that maybe yeah, would sure. be helpful? We have checklists of all ages. So if you have an elementary school student and you are already thinking about life after their high school experience, you can check out our checklists. We've got videos galore of like all different stuff. Um, (laughs) The calculator is super cool. Get online and play with it um, just to see. Check out those Ivy League schools compared to your state schools and um, you might be be surprised (laughs) depending on the income bracket. You might be really surprised. Um, So uh, there are a lot of great tools. You can also connect with me via our website. Awesome. Carly, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation and, and I think you've added a ton of value to our members. So really appreciate your time today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. Until next time, take care. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.